Good evening. Tonight we'll be in Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. And while you're turning there, as an introduction, I'm going to ask a few questions. Uh, these will be rhetorical questions, so don't feel a need to answer out loud. Next slide. Have you ever come to church just because you were afraid of what other people might have thought if you had stayed home instead? Next slide. Have you ever read your Bible just so that you didn't fall behind on your reading plan? Next slide. Have you ever prayed publicly and been more concerned with how your human audience would respond to your words than you were about your heavenly audience? Next slide. Have you ever sung a hymn with your hands raised while your mind was thinking about something entirely unrelated? Next slide. Have you ever sat through an entire sermon, like the one tonight, and <laughs> couldn't recall a single word just seconds after the benediction? Next slide. Have you ever ate the bread and drank the cup and felt absolutely no emotion? Next slide. Well, if you have, like me, then you are not alone. The people in Malachi's day were struggling with a similar uh, thing. They were wrestling with that. And they were simply going through the motions in their worship of God. And God's word through the prophet Malachi has tremendous relevance for us today. So we're going to look at that. So why don't you turn with me to Malachi, and we'll read together. Next slide. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name, and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. 
But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted, and its fruit, that is, its food, may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is, and you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence, or is lame and sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it, and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. <coughs> Next slide. You're either going through the motions or you're growing through the motions. Grow through the motions. This is our big idea for tonight. And as we talk about that, I first want to define what I mean by going through the motions. So next slide. Going through the motions is half-hearted worship that ignores God's clear instruction and therefore it fails to accomplish its purpose. So we're going to look at each one of these phrases um, and we're going to work our way backwards through them so that hopefully we can understand what this text is saying, first of all, to the people in Malachi's day, but then to us as well. So next slide. Let's start with the first one. And the first one is that it, or the last one, is that it fails to accomplish its purpose. And for that, let's look in the text here at verses 8 through 10. He says this, When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. <coughs> Next slide. So we see here the fourfold purpose of their offering, their sacrifice, their worship to God. And those were that he would be gracious to them, that he would have favor on them, that he would have pleasure in them, and then that he would accept the offering from their hand. So next slide. I think that the order here is very, very important. It doesn't start with us. That is, it starts with God. First and foremost, it starts with his grace, his unmerited grace toward the worshiper. So it starts there, and as a result of his grace being poured out, he, he pours out also his favor. He blesses them. And because of those things, because of his attitude toward the worshiper, he then takes delight in them, that he actually has pleasure in them. Again, all because of his gifts toward them, his attitude toward the worshiper. And then at the very end, in light of all that, looking back at all that, then there's a response from the worshiper. There's an offering that comes. And then there's acceptance of that offering 
by God. Again, because of all those things. It doesn't start with us, it starts with God. So I think that's something that's, that's very important to see, and we see that in that order. But we also see that there worship was failing to accomplish this purpose, this fourfold purpose. So next slide. I think we need to ask why? Why did their worship fail to accomplish this purpose? And we see that it failed to accomplish the purpose because they ignored God's clear instruction. So that's the the middle phrase there. Next slide as we see our definition of of going through the motion, that it ignored God's clear instruction. And I think to anchor that in the text, let's take a look real quick at verses 8 through 13. Next slide. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you? Or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts. And then verse 13. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snorted it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame and sick. And this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? Next slide. So we see that their, uh, their worship failed to ignore the, the clear instruction. So this is what he says about their worship or their sacrifice, that they were offering blind animals, that they were offering those that were lame and sick, and that they were actually bringing animals that had been taken by violence. And this is what they were presenting to God as their offering. Now. God was very clear, next slide, about what he required from the people in worship. So for that, let's look over in Leviticus, in the giving of the law, as God very clearly communicated with his people what the requirements for their worship and their sacrifice was. So listen to this from Leviticus chapter 22, verses 17 through 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, and all the people of Israel, and say to them, When anyone from the house of Israel, or of the sojourners in Israel, presents a burnt offering as his sacrifice, for any of their vows or free will offerings that they offer to the Lord, if it is to be accepted for you, it shall be a male without blemish from the bulls or the sheep, or the goats. You shall not offer anything that has a blemish, for it will not be acceptable for you. And when anyone offers a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord to fulfill a vow or as a free will offering from the herd or from the flock, to be accepted, it must be perfect. There shall be no blemish in it. Animals blind or disabled or mutilated or having a discharge or an itch or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord or give them to the Lord as food offerings on the altar. So God's word was crystal clear as to what his requirement for the people in bringing sacrifices was. And here we see in Malachi's day 
that they were totally disregarding this clear instruction, that they were not listening and obeying to what God had very clearly in His law laid out. I think as a side note, it's interesting to see that the, the people understood from a human point of view that if they were to present these same sacrifices or gifts to a human authority like their government, that he wouldn't accept that from their hand. So they understood this, but they were ignoring God's instruction. Next slide. So I think again here, to dig deeper, we need to ask the question, why? Why did they ignore God's clear instruction for how they were to approach Him in worship? And I think the answer is because their hearts were not wholly engaged. Next question, or next slide. They were just going through the motions, and it was half-hearted worship that ignored God's clear instruction and therefore failed to accomplish its purpose. Next slide. So for that, let's look in the text at verses 6 and 13. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts? to you, O priests, who despise my name. And then in verse 13. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame and sick, and this you bring as your offering. Next slide. So here we see God pointing at the heart of the people and he's saying, where is my honor? Where is my fear? They were wearied by bringing these sacrifices, and they just had no respect for it. Um, next slide. So here we see their half-hearted worship, that their worship was, it was marked by this lack of honor and a failure to fear. And, and they were just stuck in the monotony of this worship. And that is an indicator, a very clear indicator, that their hearts were not engaged in worship. They were just going through the motions. Again, he points to these human interactions, these human relationships, and they, they understood, right, from a human standpoint, that these responses, fear and honor, that that was a normal part of, of what they would look at in a, a relationship to their father or to their master or even their governor, he says. But to God, their heart was not in this worship. Next slide. So the next question I want to ask is, how were they to respond? What is the intended response of these words that Malachi sent to the people in his day from God? How did he want them to respond? Did he really want them, like he says in this passage, to shut the doors of the temple? Is that what he was really after, the cessation of their worship? I think the answer from the text is very clear that no, he wanted their heart. He wanted the people's heart in worship. It wasn't just about what they were bringing, that he wanted them. He wanted them to engage their hearts in this worship. He didn't want them to just cease 
bringing these sacrifices. It was something that he set up, that he requested, that he required. So, next slide. Next slide. How was their heart to become engaged? Well, assuming that first they had been given new hearts, it becomes passionately engaged by growing through the motions instead of going through the motions. So he wanted them to grow through the motions, not just go through the motions. So let's look back in the text to anchor this. In verse 11, he says this, For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. And then at the end, right there, 14. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. Next slide. You see, this passionate, heart-engaged, worldwide worship was the very reason that God had created humanity in the first place. He created everything for this purpose, and we see that it's also the purpose to which all history is headed. This global, passionate, heartfelt worship of God. So this is what he wants, not the cessation of worship, but true, passionate, heartfelt worship. He wants to engage their hearts. And we see that it's in worship that this happens. That it was through those motions, in growing through those motions, that the people were to stir their hearts with passion. He gives this vision to them of, of the end, what it will look like. So we have to remember, for the people in Malachi's day, right, they were living under some foreign oppression and foreign rule. They were not the great power that they once were. This is after they had come back from exile and they were this small little nation now under a foreign power and everything to them looked like not this worldwide passionate worship of their God, right? He was just a, a, a dinky local God in their eyes, but he gives them this passion or this vision that he will be worshipped by everyone on the world, in every corner of the world, he would be worshipped. And so it was as they were doing that that their hearts were to be stirred. So, next slide. We need to remember that the sacrifice that he's talking about, them bringing, that that sacrifice was not an end in itself. It was just a means for the people to connect with God. So it was through that, that they were to grow in this passion for him. I think just to make that point clear, let's look over in, in Psalm 50. Psalm 50 verse 7 says this, Hear, O my people, and I will speak to you. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you, your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept the bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, 
the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and perform your vows to the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. So we see here in Psalm 50, he makes it very clear that God didn't need these sacrifices. It wasn't something that he needed from the people, that there was some deficiency on his part. The whole point here was that the people needed these sacrifices, that it was for them. And why? Why was he so concerned here that it was a perfect sacrifice? Well, this side of the cross, we understand that all of that was pointing to Jesus, that he was the perfect sacrifice. He was the unblemished lamb that died in the place of the people. So all of that was pointing to him. The only way, as we saw early, earlier, that purpose of the worship, that his grace is poured out, that we earn his favor, not earn his favor, but we are recipients of his favor, that we are accepted by him, that all is through Jesus. So we understand that. That's why it was important. He didn't want them to cease. He wanted them to grow through that. So we remember the sacrifice, that it was as they were to come and to bring that perfect lamb, what were they to do? They were to bring it to the temple and to lay their hands on it to signify that they're transferring their guilt to this animal and that this animal was taking the punishment. So it was all a picture that they were to grow through. So those were a very important sacrifice for them. And it was not because God needed it, but it was for the people. It was for them to understand that they were not perfect, that they weren't doing what God had required, right? That's the whole point of all of this that God did give very clear instruction, not only about sacrifice, but how the people were to live, right? How they were to respond to their neighbor in love. And they had this understanding that we're not doing this. We're failing to meet all of this. And so that's why he was very, very adamant that they bring these sacrifices because it was through those sacrifices, through growing through those motions, as they went through those motions in worship, that they would understand that they weren't perfect, that they needed a savior, that they needed their guilt covered. And so, next slide. So what about us? So think back to those questions that we looked at at the beginning. Um, and as I thought about some of those, I, every single one um, understood um, that, yeah, this is, this is descriptive of me. Those weren't questions I was asking about somebody else. Those were descriptions of my own heart that I see in my struggle with going through the motions. So how are we to respond? And I think it's the same way, that just like the people in Malachi's day, that we are to grow through those motions, not go through those motions. So all those things, we call a lot of those the means of grace, right? Prayer, Bible reading, gathering together, 
hearing the Word of God preached, the Lord's Supper, baptism, all of those things are means of God's grace. Those are the motions that we are to not go through, but grow through. Because all of those things, just like the sacrifice in the Old Testament, as we grow through that motion, we're learning something about ourselves and about our Savior, right? We're learning that we don't measure up, that we don't do these things like we should. We don't do them because we do them perfectly. We do them because we fail. And this is how, in our worship, God connects with us, that He wants our hearts to be passionately engaged in these things, because it's as we're doing these things that we grow, that we see we're not who we should be. But Jesus has covered all of that, that He has provided a sacrifice. He has provided a way to cover our guilt and our shame for all of our failures in those areas. And so just like the people in Malachi's day, I don't think the call from Malachi was, let's board up the temple, let's just stop doing this because we're, we are half-hearted worshipers. That really what God was after was their heart to be re-engaged in worship. And the solution for that, that, that he gives through the prophet Malachi, is the very thing that they were failing to do, right? To engage in this worship, to grow through the motions. So that was just a quick look, and I thank you for your time, and I pray that uh, as we go through our week, God would continue to help us with this, to grow through these motions, not to go through them. So let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is true, God. I thank you that when our hearts condemn us because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we fail in all these areas, God, in all that you have required from us, just like the people in Malachi's day. God, I just thank you that when our heart does condemn us, we have a great high priest, God, that like the people in Malachi's day, had that sacrifice to bring to the temple to understand that their guilt for failing in worship was covered by the lamb. God, that we have the perfect lamb, the spotless lamb, Jesus. And I thank you for that. I thank you that we can come to you through these means of grace that you have given that we can grow through the motions, God, that we don't have to just go through the motions, that you want more than that. You want our heart as well. And so I pray for each one of us here, God, as we continue to live out our relationship with you in the ways that you have provided, God, that our hearts would be passionately stirred, God, that we wouldn't neglect them, but through them, we would grow and come to know you more. I thank you so much for your word and for your son. Amen.